do not. There is no try. Happy beach here, buddy. Come on. Copy that. We're almost there. You must have a thousand questions. Where's Ray? Go away. Jimmy, what are you doing here? When I found you, I saw what all masters live to see. Raw, untamed power. The potential of your bloodline. We need your help. We need the Jedi Order back. We need Luke Skywalker. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah, the Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast, welcome back to the Bizzle's Daily Rebels. It's been a while, and part of it's because I've been saving season three, episode eleven and twelve, Ghosts of Geonosis, parts one and two, with Forrest Whitaker as Saw Guerrero's first appearance in the animated series. But don't hit that play button quite yet, because I need to introduce to you the man who will be joining me. We've done tons of Clone Wars together, but this is his debut on Star Wars Rebel. His name is Simi Klima. What is popping crack a lack? I am so happy to be I am feeling rebellious, god damn it. I am Absolutely. I am I'm raring to be rebellious. I yes. am a rebel with yes. uh, more than a cause. Uh, and I, I am ready to go. But so, uh, yeah, Tom Petty would I'm, say I'm, you're you're better than a rebel without a clue, hopefully. Right, yeah. Man. Into the Great Wide Open, great Tom Petty song. Um Rebel Without a Clue. Um, Simi, we talked a long time ago about doing a Sothon. We've both read Rebel Rising. We've both read Catalyst. We love Rogue One. We love Saw. And I think a lot of this is going to be us talking about why Saw is underappreciated um, for being a weird character. Uh, and that's sort of the whole point of his character, right? So we're going to get to that in um, the two parts. And guys, really quickly, we're going to get you in the countdown after two minutes of chatting here. Um, we're we're going to just keep recording on our end. So you just, if you need a break between parts one and two, you just hit pause and then we'll give you the three, two, one countdown into part two, uh, which would be episode 12. Uh, the first one is episode 11 of season three of Star Wars Rebels. So really quickly, Simi, you and I love Saw. If anything, we wanted more Saw in Rogue One, which, which is always, you know, you always want less than more, but we still wanted more Saw. We get some Saw here. Here. This is not a universally loved Saw performance, to say the least. Although this episode is not poorly rated online, the nerds are somewhat split about this particular Saw Guerrero performance. So what are a couple things we should be looking for in Ghosts of Geonosis, which takes place before Rogue One, but I believe was recorded after the performance in Rogue One, leading up to Rogue One. You know, it's always prequels and sequels to the prequels and prequel to the prequel sequels. So um, any thoughts about Saw? And we'll get the people into the, this uh, da- Bizzle uh, Daily Rebels. I mean, let's just reiterate that this is Forrest fucking Whitaker. This isn't some, you know, fucking, you know, Dolphins from yeah. the hard model, you know, you know, yeah. like this is, this is, this is the man, you know? And I really think it was funny. Like I remember watching the episode and being like, that sounds like Forrest Whitaker <laughs> and then being like, and then Googling it, like literally pausing it, Googling it and then being like, that's actually Forrest fucking Whitaker. Yeah. So, but 
I think things like they give credence to like what they're doing here in this subtlety that somebody like that is willing to like go on it. Not to mention, I mean, look, we we dote over these new actors that are entering, like we were just talking about in our previous podcast, uh, oh, that are entering this new genre of, of voice acting and, and, and how cool it is the way they do it and, and how they interact together in the same studio and how it is a real thing uh, similar to regular acting. And then your brain settles in and you, 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 you latch onto these characters. So, you know, I really think when he is doing something like that he sees what they're doing and he sees the bigger picture and he sees all the opportunities that are going to come I, I i don't think he needs work you know what i mean like he's in the latter part of his career unless he wants to do something he's gonna he's not gonna do it but the fact that he wants to do this fucking cartoon is pretty awesome so um you know his mm-hmm. character is great i think i i mean mm-hmm. i really hope they do a standalone movie called saw and then the, basically it's you know like the generous story. Stop! 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 You're killing me. Stop! Stop! Don't even go. Don't go there. No. I, I, Why? Because they're I gonna, want Felicity more Felicity so bad. You're just gonna you're hurting it. me. Oh my god. They're gonna do oh it. Oh my god. I did call Felicity when you got Cassie in. So maybe if I keep calling Felicity, we'll get closer. It's like closer. it's like already written itself. It's ridiculous in that mm-hmm. book. It's it's like it, you could just uh, there's enough. There's a two hour movie in that book. You know. I mean. There's nothing. Yep. yep. Um, I have two quick points about this, and I'll give you a final thought, and we'll get into it. One has to do with the actor side, and one has to do with the on-screen side. The actor side is, for whatever reason, they couldn't get um, Frank Oz or uh, for Yoda or Ian McDermott for Palpatine until the later seasons of Rebels when we got Frank Oz. Well, actually, we get Frank Oz as Yoda numerous times throughout Rebels, but we don't get Ian McDermott. Sam Witwer does an amazing job as the Emperor, but we don't get Ian McDermott as Palpatine slash the Emperor until season four of Rebels. I can't believe, I imagine it's a coincidence that once Forrest Whitaker did it, some of these other great actors, but who haven't won Oscars like him, were like, okay, maybe we should come back and be part of this. I think this is also the Disney effect too, right? They can get people that maybe couldn't have gotten when Lucas was just going, it was going indie, but it's Lucas. So I, I don't really understand how that happened. Any thoughts on that? I mean, maybe it's a combination of the two, but I mean, ultimately, I think he is a guy who uh, probably really appreciated his character and probably really appreciated uh, Rogue One in general. And to see a continuation of it, I think, I think he was probably just excited to be a part of it. You know, yep. like, like, and glad they reached out to him, not thinking that they he wouldn't do it. You know, that like. Mm-hmm. He wants to be Saw. I think that's what that's also saying. He was so. also took a small part in Black Panther, which is an amazing movie. God bless him for right. that as well. Yep. Right. So as I, as I said, he's only doing what he wants to do in this in this day and age and of his mm-hmm. life. He was the last king of Scotland, it, after all. An amazing movie. I mean, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Right. He so. made a complete psychopath. You never wanted to stop talking. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard to do that, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Because Idi Amin was a psychopath in real life, but he was also very charismatic. And to channel all that in the movie, by the way, with my boy James McAvoy, a.k.a. Professor X, amazing, amazing film. So, Simi, really quickly, I just want to do the quick timeline leading up to this because we've read Rebel Rising and all the books. We've seen the thing. So it starts with the Clone Wars arc in season five of Clone Wars, which, by the way, listeners, is the very next arc we're doing on the Clone Wars uh, is the Onderon arc. Um, and Simi, he's a straight up terrorist at that point, but to trying to defend his own 
planet. Um, and there's a very complicated bit where Ahsoka and Anakin want to get involved militarily, but Obi-Wan and Yoda are saying they can only be advisors, which, by the way, is exactly how Vietnam started, right? So there's, there's a lot of Vietnam and American history commentary going into it, but he's not a likable character at all in um in clone wars because of the performance and the writing and so forth and i would argue that even though he's weird and kind of barbaric at at times during this two-parter like immediately just because of forrest whitaker and of course it's hard for me to separate because i saw rogue one numerous times you know and then this it's hard for me to to separate so any thought about the progression up to this point and then we'll get the listeners into this commentary uh i so in, into season three, like you watch the Clone Wars. Sorry, sorry. One, one, okay. You watch the, you've seen and have watched and, and continue to watch the Clone Wars more than me on a regular basis. Just I'm curious about the Onderon pre Forrest Whitaker saw versus, versus this, and then we can go more in depth in the commentary. I think it's palatable. I mean, look at the fact that Forrest Whitaker does this one, and he's and he didn't do the other one. It doesn't really matter at some level because at some level, like that was like the younger version of him. So. It was like a totally different yeah. thing, and he's with his sister. Uh, and in the in the book, um, I'm sorry, it's escaping my mind that we we both have. Stella uh, is his sister. Um, the book is Rebel Rising with Jen. Um, right. So so his sister was one of the bigger organizers, and and in Clone Wars. So yeah, in in Clone Wars, uh, they do uh, more with his sister actually. And uh, with Ahsoka. Yeah. And the, she the, should be the leader. Really- That's the whole point. She should be the one to survive and lead because she's she is an idealist, but also practical. He's totally nutso. Right. So he talks about like, like you know, what a real leader is and all these different things. So, you know, I, I, I think it's it's it. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I just I think they could be, you know, if they were actually people like real characters and not animations, they could, you know, he could be the younger version and then Saw would be the older version and that would be that and they'd both be in the movie. You know, like I don't know what he looks like, but theoretically they both have a place because, uh, you know, he, you know, when his sister dies, there's not... You know, he he reaches another level of crazy, and uh, right. there's there's kind of no turning back. You know, and and he becomes the, mm-hmm. the terrorist freedom fighter that he yeah. is. So just to get the, the the timeline straight, so we can get right into this episode. So we've got the battle on Andron, where they're fighting separatist sympathizers, but because it seems to be a nationalistic conflict on the planet, a civil war of sorts, the Jedi, as usual, Sibi, are acting like dummies, and as usual, Anakin and Ahsoka are right that they should help for all sorts of reasons, right? Uh, Ahsoka yeah. also falls in love. Maybe we'll when we get to the episode, and not falls in love, but has sort of her first and only crush that we've seen with one of Saul's rebels. But, dude, he was a rebel way before the rebellion. He was a rebel on his own planet, and he was a rebel against the Separatists, and then he was, you know, training Jyn Erso well before the rebellion. And so this is a number of years after Jyn has left uh, Saw's, quote-unquote, care, right? No, and, he, is, yeah. he is the rebel. He's the rebel. <laughs> He's like, like, right, right. Christian, yeah, like, Nick Fury is the spy, and he is the yeah, rebel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He, Saw Carrera is the rebel his name means war guerrera literally means war yeah yeah so i i I don't even know what if we're gonna get this twist about who is and what he presents but he he's been fighting the quote-unquote good fight until it wasn't good anymore you know and and i just want to add to me from personal note 
You know, I think the most um, emotional from a truly human standpoint that transcends just Star Wars movies is Jin with the father's hologram. But Saw is right there, dude. And without Saw Guerrero's performance with Felicity Jones before that, mm. this day of all day, are you here to kill me? I, you know, like there's not much of me left. Um, and then when he sees, you know, when Jin says it's not a problem if you don't look up, his face completely changes and he says, I have something to show you. He doesn't say my daughter, but he's a bench. If you've read all the stuff, you know, he feels like it's his daughter is all the shit he put her through. So, you know, I, I just want to point that out to me because we're well, bringing the in the literature in which he, he's not the best person to Jin, but it is more complicated than maybe you'd think if you've only seen the movies and even this, right? Well, keep in mind in the book, she is at a certain point in life went by Jin Guerrero. Yeah, they name her that. Yeah, they they're like yeah. you saw his daughter. You're I just re, I was re going through some of it on audiobook, and that was the thing I just heard. Yeah, Jin Guerrero. And I mean, she dies as Leanna Huxley, yep. but like the yep. reality is, she yep. she her her name from you know six whatever five years old on six years old on is Jin Guerrero. You know, so that's her father. Like that that's her father. That that man spent more years training her. That was more her father than G- Galen ever was, actually. Galen had 45, six years with her. He taught her for at least a decade after that. Yep. And by the way, Jen, who's my favorite character and one of your favorite characters, we know that she's not, you know, she's not a vocal leader normally, but she has to give a pump-up speech and she doesn't know what to say. So what does she do? She quotes Saw Guerrera. I'm going to read this quote to me, and then we'll get into the countdown. And you know this, but I'm going to read it. Jenner, so quote. One man with a sharp stick. Saw Guerrera used to say, one fighter with a a sharp stick and nothing to lose can take the day. They have no idea we're coming. They have no reason to expect us. If we can make it to the ground, we'll take the next chance and the next on and on until we win or the chances are spent. In some ways, dude, Jin is the distillation of everything good about Saw right she's like the good sides of saw manifested and somehow with all the shit she goes through but with her experiences she's able to channel the best parts of saw which are not all great man i've actually done even though we're gonna end up doing it again i've done the season four one with saw where the giant hologram where he's yelling at mon mothma for being a pussy basically and you know there's no rebellion this is a pathetic rebellion and ezra and sabine consider joining him man if he wasn't so horrible they sabine and ezra are almost convinced like we got even Hera is like the rebellion isn't doing enough and so we can call him a terrorist or a freedom fighter and we'll discuss it but it's it, you know w- would the rebellion ever have have gone without him and without Jin it's it's an important thing Jin is everything Saw wishes he could have been yep but understands he could have never been at the same time which is why he trusts her and even trusts Cassian when Cassian comes to get Jin and you know and, and leaves himself to die he's nothing else he can give you know nothing left of him so right. this is Saw a little bit before the end but we have to keep Rogue One in mind because that's the ultimate end of Saw Gerrera. so okay guys cue up your DVDs Blu-rays or digital files season 3 episode 11 Ghosts of Geonosis part 1 and like I said Simi and I are going to just continue to part 2 you can take a break at that point if you have to we We'll do a a quicker countdown then. Uh, Subtitles, a little bit of ambient sound, whatever floats your um, spaceship. So, Simi, are we ready to go? Yes, sir. I am ready to roll. We are ready to go. And Simi's going to give us a five count for the first five seconds of this to make sure we are aligned. So, here we go. Excited to do this with you, buddy. Ghost of Geonosis Part 1. And here comes the countdown. Three, two, one, go. One. Two, 
three, four, five. All right, baby. Star Wars Rebels, here we go. So, do we finally get to I can hear out? your sound a bit. Carol already told you it's too loud. Okay. <laughs> Everything's secret. Some things more than others. Say, so, hey, this is your first Rebels commentary, dude. Go ahead. It's in your court. So, first of all, Jimmy Smith is my favorite. And I love the fact that he is exactly like that. I don't think he's doing the voice, but still, I'm really excited. I for finally this. finished Princess Leia of Alderaan. It's actually really good. Looking for Gene Oceans. Mm. That's always a great plot starter, right? You're not there to the thing. You're there to find the team that was going to the thing. So I always wonder about Kanan's mask. Like, if it's... Uh, if it's for his comfort level or like, is he trying to be intimidating? I think it's a samurai thing, you know, make it a part of your armor. I don't know. Yeah. Protect his eyes even further. So he feels more comfortable. And by the way, dude, I, I, I've been going back to the early season two episodes where these guys first meet and Kanan and Rex really don't trust each other, especially Kanan for obvious reasons because of Order 66. I love how closely they're working together because let's be honest, the clones love fighting for the Jedi, you know, other than the chips in their head. Oh, scary music. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I really Talk like to me about the ghost. Do you like the design the- of the ghost? Yeah, I really like what it does. I mean, it's so fast, and it's also, like, quiet, and they can sneak around the cloaking shit that she does. She's just so smart with the way she flies it, too, more so. So remind our listeners, if they've only seen the movies, where we've seen Genosis before. Uh, The Genosins are the creepy fucking aliens. In? In? My favorite movie, Attack of the Clones. Right. Yeah, so that's where the like, final battle takes place in Attack of the Clones is Genosis. Now they're, they're all like dead and they don't know what's going on. Uh oh. They're like cockroaches. I love Chopper. Chopper. Oh yeah. So considering this is, I should start talking about like all my relationships with all these characters. Go. So Chopper. Chopper is my actually other than R two D two, he's easily my favorite droid. I like BB eight, but like BB eight's like cute and fun, but like. Chopper's a dick, and, like, that's what's fun about him. Like, he's, like, way more of a dick than R2-D2 as well. So, uh, but he, he gets the job done just like all three of them. So, but I really like him if, as... If you guys read the Dr. Afro comics, which are the best that they're doing, uh, she's got murder bots. One that's, like, murder C-3PO and one that's, like, murder R2-D2. Chopper's, like, almost a murder bot. He's, like, two steps from being a straight-up murder bot. <laughs> Seriously? No, you're not. you're not wrong. He's... He's uh, yep. he doesn't fuck around. Yep. So Simi, really quickly, I've said that when I you know looked up Tia Sarkar, I was blown away by how just gorgeous and adorable she was. And Freddie Prinz was obviously a big deal when you and I were growing up. But neither of them am I thinking about it during the voice performance, even though it's clearly Freddie Prinz as Kanan. I mean, it just shows the great production value and performance by the characters. Yeah, and and I really think they put this team together really well. Like I, because this is like the first time. So with Clone Wars, um, in terms of the properties that were uh, moving forward, happening, Clone Wars was still like familiar characters. You know, it's still fucking Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah, take out Ahsoka. It's the same people. Yep. Yeah, other than Ahsoka, it's all the same fucking familiar characters that we all grew up with. This was the first time where I was like, so what is it about? And they're like, and, and my buddy was telling me about it, and he's like, but like, they're cool, it's funny, uh, but it's good. It's a little, 
it's it's dark and it gets even darker but you know it's just different it's just people you just it's like a whole other group of shit that's going on yes. and I'm, oh okay Way so like back. this is the first fucking thing you know this is the first group Stella, of people not Stella. and they all link together with all these different other characters and uh Sounds you know i love them all here come here's the here yeah rex is doing a better job than i tried to do pre-game about the history of this all yep uh, Simi, really quickly, I've talked about before with Ezra in 2014 and Ray in 2015, how they're sort of growing up together in our imaginations. There's a lot of similarities between Ray and Ezra. Um, you know, Ray never flirts with the dark side. Ezra's had a couple flirtations, but always comes back. I think Ezra, in a lot of ways, the anti-Kylo, right? He has a couple chances where he could just go straight dark, whether it's Maul or the Holocron or whatever, but he always finds his way back, but that's because him and Kanan have, in my opinion, the most developed and intricate and interesting Padawan-master relationship. As much as I love Obi-Wan with his various Padawans, they have so much time over the series between Kanan and Ezra. Thoughts? Well, because of the fall of the Jedi uh, and the rebirth of this relationship of Jedi Padawan, it's really been able to give them a different understanding of of how that teacher relationship religion should be. So the more I watch Rebels, but especially Clone Wars, buddy, and how exhausting all the giant battles can be. These slower paced double episodes where we have dramatic pauses and stuff, I really appreciate more and more. And these so-called standalone episodes, normally I like my shows to be completely serialized, but like Battlestar, some of the standalone episodes in Rebels are some of my favorite. And this isn't a standalone in the canon because of Saw, but this is a you know this isn't a key to the Thrawn fight on Gorel, and it's great that their side mission here is a double a Forrest Whitaker episode. Let's be honest. Absolutely, I mean. All these little, they're all like little movies and like they put it all together and like they make this great series. Like, mm. I mean, I can sit there and watch like five episodes in a row. Uh, and just in case, really quick, Sim, just in case, guys, you haven't listened to Simi and I's post-celebration podcast, which we just recorded, you definitely should listen to it. But Simi and I, I think, agreed that the level of cinematicness of, of Clone Wars is taking the best from Rebels and Clone Wars and taking it to a whole new level, right? I mean, it's just amazing to look at so far. You know what's funny? Uh, just a side note. Uh, I was watching Hellboy, which came out in 2006, the, the, the old one. Um, and I fell asleep. Not that I don't like it. It's good. It's not bad. Two it's is better good. than one. They're great. It's fine. It is what it is. Two's good. So as I was like falling in and out of sleep, I thought for a minute that I had put on some weird cartoon because of all the, um, the way CGI was back then versus the way it is now. And like the reality is like, if they did a lot of like those scenes, like just straight through in cartoon form, which is what they're doing um, versus this, like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like it's the same quality for being awesome. Like they're just mixing it with, with live action and Mm -hmm. mixing tunes with live action. But there's a ton of, I mean, it's, do you, it was, it it was 12 years ago. So it is what it is. I'm not talking shit about, I enjoyed the movie. It's Mm -hmm. not one of my movies it's not a desert island movie right if you like comic books it's it's fine i, I sure. like fucking Perlman, you know whatever anyway but but yeah. that's what it is and so like if you could just watch these things and fade into it and let your mm. brain get into the characters and the value of the acting mm. and the voice characters then and the art of the of the actual anime yep. uh, uh you know then what are we what are we talking about you know so, like it's a fucking yeah. movie 
So if you're a new listener, I'm on record, so he knows this, as saying, while the Clone Wars animation style on paper would be something I'd like better, I find Rebels way more rewatchable because of the format, the more Firefly-esque, smaller scale of a lot of the episodes. They do two-episode arcs great, but you don't have a lot of, like, three, four, five-episode super battle arcs. And they don't do battles great. The Mandalore fight at the beginning of Season 4 is not amazing. Their space stuff in this is great, and the lightsaber stuff's amazing. Here come some droids. You know, it's funny. But I do prefer Rebels. Sorry, go ahead. In Clone Wars, sometimes they make, and also in Rebels, they make these guys uh, kind of comical. Cool. Not not the battle droids, but the clankers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like sometimes you could really like feel like the fear of this. Like they're kind of cornered right now, and like those battle droids are we know are hard to like, mm-hmm. you know, maneuver around. And uh, right. you know, at some level, you feel like they could just take them. And then other times, you're like, ah, I get why this is a, this is still like mentally challenging how to get out of some of these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one thing we mentioned in the other podcast as well, guys, Simi, if, if you agree with this, is that the way they complexify and give so much uh, depth to Rex in Rebels seems to be reverberating into the new Clone Wars series and giving them more depth as well. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the characters are great, and I love how they all have lightsabers. Yeah. I know. It's so funny to watch season two when Kanan is so distrustful of Rex because once they start <laughs> fighting together, here he is. God, he's so yeah. fucking awesome. By the way, this is 20 years past the Clone Wars, so that they would look and sound different is not such a big jump, which just helps sell it to old school fans, I suppose. Not that I care. I but, yeah, it. people didn't like the <laughs> I'm like, it works perfectly with his character that he'd laugh like that, but whatever. That's how he talks. He's weird. Like, he's not like... Mm-hmm. But it's what you said too. Is what you said is that Forrest, if anything, was overcompensating for doing cartoon work, which he doesn't have a lot of experience in. But it's Forrest Whitaker, guys. Stop complaining. <laughs> Come on. Do you think he recorded with them in the same studio? No. But I do believe Dave Filoni was there when it happened. Yeah, I agree. It's possible okay. Freddie would, would would be there. You know. Why? Because of who he is. And because he's sort of like Sam Witwer, just like a general buddy of Dave Filoni, an expert at Star Wars shit. That's awesome. I and never think of Tia Sirkar. As much as I love Tia Sirkar, I never think of her with Sabine because of the performance and the character so distinct. God, I love her. Um, I'll just tease season four, guys, which I have done some commentaries for, but I'll probably go back, which is I really like in season four that they, you know, make Tia a little bit older. I'm sorry, Tia. Sabine a little older, give her brown hair, dial back on the uh, the graffiti, which I love, but for the stakes of the final season, we really get a new version of her starting Trials of the Darksaber Man, which is two episodes away from this, which we'll have to talk about after the fact. Um, You know, I was trying to explain to somebody about the their... Uh their armor and about the black sword. Uh, the ba- black sword runs on a kyber crystal, correct? That is an excellent question, but I believe so. It better be since it can fight against a lightsaber. You know, me getting angry about that shit. Right, I believe that's what it is. It's it runs it on kyber crystals. It's and it's their own uh, lore, isn't it? Like it's yep. from their own. Yep. It's, it's it's a very old. old oh, and by the way, guys, we forgot to mention the last podcast. Kathleen Kennedy has confirmed Knights of the Old Republic is happening in some form. So we're going to get all that ancient shit, which can be amazing. The goddess Kathleen Kennedy, may all blessings praise her. Well, I think that they're just giving them all this fucking money and all this carte blanche to just do what they want with this fucking franchise. And like, I think that it's in really good hands. 
it's in really, really, really good hearts. It has basically like, you know, all this. It has like the Apprentice of Lucas in uh, in uh, Filoni. It has, you know, the ultimate superhero creator in uh, Farrah, and it has, uh, you know, the the other entire like. Uh, uh, yep. Favreau. I always think he's like John Favreau. Like no, no, Favreau. He's Jewish as shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I and then um, you know the rest of the cast and the directors that they have, but like they've really—they're um, all Jewish or Italian or Irish. It's hilarious. Or black. There's a black dude. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's on uh, Mandalorian. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm it, saying at the top, it's Kathleen Kennedy, Filoni, yeah. George Lucas, J.J. Uh, Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan. I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, sorry, you know sorry, they, sorry, they have sorry. a very diverse, big cast of yes. directors. Oh yes, yes. Taika Waititi to- is a major director on the Mandalorian series. God bless him. Right. Right, 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 and he, he's a great film. Uh, and an uh, Asian woman who's directed a bunch of Jessica Jones episodes as well, and Bryce Dallas Howard, who, by the way, her dad, Simi, you might have heard, did a, full, uh, a film called Solo, A Star Wars Story that we thought was pretty good. Oh, I did. <laughs> I saw that once. Anyway, this yeah, is beautiful. So, I mean, I'm just saying they're doing a bunch of shit. Look at this. This is beautiful. I just, you know me, Simmy, the easier pace of the Rebels episodes, uh, it just works with me on rewatches better. Again, not saying objectively better, or even subjectively better, just more rewatchable is Rebels for me because of this pace. Um, I just think it's a different story. I, I, I think the content is totally different. And um, I think, look, at the end of the day, the creativity in this is better than the creativity in Clone Wars just because... Clone Wars is just, you know, continuing the story that's already written in a in a better elaborate form that it wasn't written in in the first place. You know, like it's doing what it was a supposed corrective, to be. as we say in the Bizzlecast, Yes, but it's still a red herring. You know, at the end of the day, it's not. Right. It's not right. Ahsoka a, and Anakin are right in their arguments, but they're still fighting for a hopeless cause. Yes, correct. But this is like a whole other line into the the universe, and this is the first. Can line. I ask you a mundane question? Yeah. Why do you think Kanan is Spectre 1 and Hera is Spectre 2? I always thought that was weird. I always thought Hera would be Spectre 1. I know that seems like a small thing. I'm not saying sexism. It's just a, is it because Kanan's the point on the actual mission, which actually would make sense? Yes. Right. Right. We're not in the army, but... Right. It's, like, it's either they- Apollo or Starbuck is the, you know, is the flight leader, right? So... Right, and it's not, and it's about like the base versus the the point. By the way, Katie Sackoff is Bo-Katan confirmed for the Clone Wars, baby. They showed the design in the panel. Oh yeah, she's a major character. Yes. You know, it's funny. We another thing we touch upon a lot, like about my fears about how they're going to do aliens. I think they have a really hard time doing a live action hey, version. Guess, like, fuck, are they going to do that, dude? We, we didn't bring this up. Guess who's going to be really pissed about the Duchess Satine being murdered by Maul? That would be her sister, Bo-Katan, who's going to be in the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, man. I can't wait. Oh, fucking... Yeah, when when uh, Maul, like, beheads her. Should stupid. we read into Ahsoka with the two blue lightsabers? Uh, Simi, we're going to have to wait on this. I think the Palpatine reveal in the early teaser trailer for Episode Nine is giving even more credence to Ahsoka. They're trying to throw people off from other surprises. They wouldn't give away <laughs> something like that. And now that she's got blue lightsabers, Ray still needs a trainer. Ray still needs a tutor. And Ahsoka's the one. Am I confused? Like, did she lose her lightsabers? Although I've had a change of mind about how Ahsoka should be manifested big time. 
So are we to think that she lost her lightsabers? She gave up her lightsabers when she left the Jedi Order. Then she's got the blue ones, and then she buries them in the book, and then she kills the Inquisitor and gets the white ones at the end of the book. Yeah. Right, she, she buries the, the blue ones. Yep, she puts the, the together. So two new sets. Yeah, she goes from green to blue to white. Up oh, here's here's the click clack, and dude, this is look. The first time you go to the rebels, you're like, it's so obvious that Ezra has a connection to animals. They're really hammering at home, blah blah blah. But it becomes really important that he has a connection to other species and animals, right? That's a cool uh, force power, and it works with Disney as well. Uh oh. Uh oh. I always felt like Rebels was super compatible with Disney, but still pretty dark and murderous considering what it is. I think I think what they did was I think the the baseline is cute and fluffy, and then what they did was they were like, "That's fine, but then we can just make it as dark as we want." Never, inevitably, you know what I mean. And that's what they kind of did. They they inevitably made it as dark as they wanted. By, by making Maul fucking scary and sure, the, 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 you know, and, 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 and don't also- get it twisted. Rogue One never happens without the Clone Wars. Oh, here's them having giant force powers bigger than Anakin, Luke, or Ray. Uh, who cares? Again, but they're a different version of the Force. Like they're using right. a different line, and also and like these are all interpretations of the of the Journal of the Wills. They're different tellings of the same story. George Lucas has said this from the beginning. Also, let me throw you for a loop. What if the force is like the internet, and the more people that are hooked up to it, the less force you get? So the fact that there are barely any fucking Jedi, and only two motherfuckers are tapping into it, maybe they're able to reach it at a different level, as well as like their different understanding of it as they are not properly taught. Boom. I mean, don't get me started, Ezra, Ahsoka, and the connection with the Matrix in World Between Worlds. It go forever. I mean, they have the backdoor thing in the Matrix Reloaded. It's the same exact thing. Right. Right, dude. Yeah. And like we said with Harry Potter, you know, while Filoni might not openly talk about uh, Harry Potter and the Matrix as much as Lord of the Rings and Miyazaki, the influences are clearly there. Right. Right. I mean, Uh, and why would uh, you Uh, there's a joke coming up too about that was impressive, not as good as Anakin Skywalker or something like that, right? <laughs> he holds the bridge together. By the way, Kevin Kiner, the composer, uh, director, uh, director of music for the Rebels, is very restrained on going straight on the John Williams theme. Yes, the Rebel, da, 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 they use all the time, but the, even the Force theme, they're very restrained on, or he does a variation on, which I love. Why aren't they running? Also, uh, by the way, dude, Star Wars Rebels, even more than Clone Wars, has music almost every single second of, of the shows, if you really watch them, which I'm cool with, but... Oh, Why yeah. aren't they running? I feel like they're being way too cash. I think this was just an animation thing with his, his helmet on his eyes. It just looks cooler than a blind guy, I guess. Here it comes. Oh! Anakin can't do that, but they're going to make a joke about it. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Heard, oh, he's a that, that was a bromance joke. It's great, dude. By the way, every time uh, Boyega and, and Oscar Isaac made jokes about Finn and Poe being a, like a, a romance, like the crowd went nuts. It, it, they were totally playing into it. It was great. You and I talk about that a lot in the commentary. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh God, this FYI uh, or BT Dubs, we should do a Last Jedi commentary together at some point. Didn't we do one? Nope. I've done three Force Awakens commentaries, but only one Last Jedi. Oh, I'll do a Last Jedi with you. 
Word. I really feel like we did one, though. Okay. That would complete the four new movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rogue One yeah. is my favorite, though. Guys, out there, me and Simmy's Rogue One, 130, whatever it is, check it out. That's my favorite co- commentary ever. Me and Simmy's Rogue One commentary. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> oh, I love these two. Uh-oh. I don't know. Even the battle droids look a little more interesting here. But when they try and do huge battles on the ground, it doesn't look nearly as good as Clone Wars. Here we go. <coughs> So, dude, when I did Twilight of the Apprentice with Tim from Saga Continues, he thought he was, Ezra was being more swayed by Maul. I thought he was playing Maul the whole time. Any thoughts on that? You thought Ezra was playing Maul the yeah, whole time? Yeah, I thought Ezra knew exactly what was going on with Maul trying to manipulate him. Um, no, I think, I think Ezra kept making the right decisions for the most part. Even though some were a little drastic. Alright, so where are we, dude? Because we're about to run out of episode and we got to jump to the next one. They just capture. I forgot uh, they yeah. don't capture Click Clack till now. So the torture is going to begin in earnest uh, coming up. Right. They love torture uh, in this show. Oh, yeah. In Star Wars, you got to torture everybody. Good guys, aliens, robots, the whole thing. So I was really good at torture. Right. So the biggest criticism is part two of this relies so much on the torture dynamic of the two of them. But I think it's important to show people, maybe. You know, uh, there's a lot of torture in a lot of Star Wars. You know, I mean, we've talked about that many, many, many times. All right, guys. Well, um, unless there's further thought from Simi, uh, if you need to take a break, take a break. If not, we're going to count you down into Star Wars Rebels Season 3, Episode 12, Ghost of Geonosis Part 2. Simi, I'm at five seconds. Do you need time or anything you want to say? No, let's do it. Let's run her in. You ready to do the five count? Yep. All right, let me just make sure I have my subtitles on and everything. Okay. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, welcome back at the subtitles. A little bit of ambient sound. and going to count you down from three to two to one. When I say go, you hit play, and it should line up pretty nicely, and you get a five count with Simi as an extra benefit. Um, here we go, Simi. Um, great day of podcasting for us, um, and it is a wonderful time for Star Wars. I think we can agree on that. Everybody loves Star Wars season. Okay. Uh, here comes the countdown. Three, two, one, go. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Creeping castle, click, clack, gain, torture. Mm-hmm. So, as bad as these guys seem in Attack of the Clones and as horrible as the planet seems, there's something very melancholy and sad, dude. And spoiler alert, at the end of this, we see something that looks like a drawing of the Death Star that they don't know how to interpret. And I'm not sure how to interpret either, but we're not quite there. Yeah, I think... Uh, they wipe them out with chemical weapons, I think is what happens on this planet. He's like, you won't hurt him? Yeah. Are you sure? Hey, by the way, guys, tune on, t- tune in that other major blockbuster property that talks about chemical weapons killing aliens for kids. <laughs> right. They're humanoids, but they're not entirely. So, you have a great yeah, quote I'm- in the Force Awakens commentary is about giving your kids only Star Wars toys, and if they complain, being like, that's all you're getting, kids! <laughs> Yeah, other kids don't even get toys. That, that's yeah. how I would feel about my nephews, and why I'm glad my sister has control and not me, because it would be all Star Wars all the time. So now he's. This is where it gets a little. 
E.T., Disney. The voice. I think the voice and the screeching and the complaining, the voice, yeah, it, 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 draws, it pulls on your emotions. If he was ugly and ugly sounding, yeah, it's hard to know the human response. Another Denabad droid. I mean, they really seem like giant, horrible insects in the movies, even though the CGI spot, the Geonosians themselves do look like disgusting giant bugs. But in the Rebels style, man, which is, an, you know, essentially a dark, advanced Pixar style for Star Wars, let's be honest, you're already feeling bad for this guy. And so the question is, did they need to have a sob story of Ezra being the good guy and Saw being the bad guy? You know, I I love the Princess Leia episode because he's resentful of Leia for about three minutes until he realizes what Leia's trying to do. Here we go. It's his sister. But, you know, Leia turns him in about five minutes in that episode to be on her side. But that's Leia. Who, by the way, Leia engages in a lot of the of Sagarera tactics in between episodes four and five in the comics, which is canon. I mean, she's ruthless and will blow up anything she needs to to kill Darth Vader. She's totally ruthless. I love that they did this little backstory for Saw, though. It was important. Yep. Yeah, this whole season, season two and three, is partially about Ezra learning about the Clone Wars and about the death of the Jedi. No one really wants to talk about it, even Kanan. And once he gets the information, he puts it together. Well, I mean, half of understanding a war is understanding the history of why you got there. And, and like, that's what they're trying to tell him. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Ezra is just the product of the war. He doesn't understand, like, you know, as a kid, like, what the fuck these people are doing on this planet. So, you know? really, really quick, the Ray jump, backward jump over the TIE fighter at the beginning of the Episode Nine trailer... Mm-hmm. which is very prequely slash cartoony. Do you think we're going to get a lot of crazy Jedi stuff or that was just to, to get people excited? I'm hoping it's somewhere in between. I don't want to see too much jumpy jumpy, but some of that, it's amazing. And this, it, it looked more like Wonder Woman slow motion to me than anything else, which I love. I love those slow motion in Wonder Woman. I don't care what anyone says. I thought they were going to do a lot of different things. I, 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 I'm trying to keep my expectations at a heel. Mm-hmm. I really get too crazy into like what I think it's going to look like or this mm-hmm. and that. I just really want to enjoy the product. But do, but do you understand what I'm saying when I want Ray to be have some Wonder Woman-esque qualities? You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she already does. I, I think, But in her own. I think she's her own superhero. I mean, I, I, I thought the trailer looked great. and I, I just I, 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 I don't think people it, understand about Wonder Woman. I'm always saying is that she's the only of the big super modern female superheroes where her being a woman is part of her superpowers. And I'm cool with Rey and Ahsoka happening to be woman, uh, women and just normal kick-ass characters but it wouldn't be in the worst thing in the world for ray's femininity to actually be part of her superpowers like with wonder woman but i don't know if anyone other than gal gadot with that historically great character of diana prince could pull that off so that might be a high expectation yeah yeah i mean uh but she's fierce i mean that's part of what gal gadot is she's just fucking fierce so uh i think she does have that quality um and that kind of like beauty that's just so strong like she's a beautiful woman but like you don't doubt that like she's gonna flip over and like you know cut a fucking star uh a tie fighter in half you know like why wouldn't she like of course she's gonna be able to do some shit like that i just love that first you know level 10 super female superheroes like wonder woman love is actually a superpower i love that idea well, I think tapping into senses that are powerful, uh, you know, where do you draw your power from? It's a good concept. 
I think Ahsoka actually does, although it's not se- more than Ray so far. Ahsoka's had the chance to kind of explore that. Oh, oh uh, an egg. The, it's the last Geonosian egg. The problem with it's, these two episodes is nothing to do with Slaan. It's just that they don't really learn anything in the end that helps them. Um, but maybe this is the saw path towards Jeddah, towards the Death Star. Yeah, I mean, Save a lot the of them. Save, Save the Oh my God! So. Here's the mom, a.k.a. Princess... I mean, Hera's Princess Leia, basically. God bless her. A lot of this is, um, you know, trying to build the world together. Oh, this is sad. Mm. Scary. There's so many great voice actors in all the series. In Rebels, though, Freddie Prinze was born to play Kanan. I mean, he so perfectly captures that character. Oh my god, they're going to drop the egg. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of heartstrings pulling as opposed to Saw-specific world building. He's just a dick. And that's why when they bring him back in the name of the rebellion, in my opinion, the beginning of season four, when he's facing off against Mon Mothma, who is being very weak and ineffectual, he ends up being more interesting. And so if they're building towards that, then God bless him. Right. Right. But that scene between our girl Genevieve O'Reilly, who does voice Mon Mothma, by the way, dude, and uh, Saw voiced by Forrest Whitaker, their standoff discussion talk and in that episode so there was a series of episodes is, is excellent about the rebellion and really sets up rogue one in a way that they're not even close to here tie bombers oh wow god they're able to do such cool shit with ships That's i love amazing. sabine's graffitied hair but for some reason when she goes back to her natural brown all of a sudden you're like oh she's a real adult a real woman yeah, and when she cuts her hair even shorter, she looks even more like professional. Like in the in the last she episode, she looks like a young version of Governor Price, which I think is intentional, actually, because Governor Price sort of sees her younger self in Sabine at one point, which is really cool. oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, Mary McGlynn, who does Governor Price, also like Steve Blum, who does Zeb, an amazing career voice actor, actress. Ghost is such a great ship. The ghost. I love it. Who'd win it's, in a fight? It's like the Firefly. It's maternal, but powerful and totally practical. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is it. This is Firefly, the Star Wars series. And for me, that's what I want. But I get that it's not what everyone wants. Oh, man. Super sand everywhere. Ah, yeah, Tia! That's my girl, baby! Woo! Yeah. yeah. Nice. She Hera is another incredible character. I mean, sorry, Han Solo, uh, she's a better pilot. <laughs> yeah, no, Han Solo's the, as Oscar the, Isaac said. By the way, Stephen Colbert put him on the spot at the panel and says, "Who's a better pilot, you or Han Solo?" And Oscar Isaac said, "Look, Han Solo is the best pilot of the Millennium Falcon ever. However, I'm the best Uber driver." <laughs> that's hilarious. It's true, though. Would you trust Han with anything not the Millennium Falcon? You'd think twice. Uh, yeah, he gets that. Are you okay with Billy D flying it, smiling after Han's dead? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think he wouldn't want anybody else to have. I think he's. I think Billy D's going to shed some tears with whatever they have of Leia before he gets on that thing. And and that laugh is more of a tribute to Han than anything else. They love each other. Like I, I don't know. I felt. I feel like I told you that between the solo movie and the main trilogy, they saw each other again. But I, I don't know for sure. Right. You know, I think it's funny. Like they're really, they're really pushing me to like. Like Saw's character is just so aggressive, and Ezra's like starting to see through it now, you know, because their relationship's totally different. And like, he's just he he's just like not he's like he's just like sticking up. For uh, the- trivia, random piece of trivia. Yeah, among Click Clack's possessions include a Phase One Clone Trooper helmet, most likely from Episode Two: Attack of the Clones: Battle of Geonosis. Huh. So maybe Click Clack is bullshit. So apparently there was something worthwhile in the deck of the clones. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't uh, believe you're still doing podcasts with me after that commentary. I, I was episode, such an asshole. I watch episode one with you. We there still we go. Is he on our side now? Who? Saw? Is he on our side temporarily? He has I mean, to be by the end of this because of his appearance in season four. Right. Well, this isn't the end of the episode. There's a little bit left in the episode. I know. Are you are you with me that for whatever reason the animation of of aliens and looks better the animation of humans at times in both Clone Wars and Rebels? I wouldn't say it looks better. I just think it looks really good. I think they do a really, really good job of it. And that's, that's always my fear that like they won't be able to keep my brain active because in the live action stuff with someone like Ahsoka, because like her Leku looks fucking weird, you know, like that's just my fear. By the way, I've made the comparison in real life that, uh, the couple of Freddie Prince and Sarah Michelle Geller, he's totally the Kanan and she's totally the, the Hera, you know, she's calling all the shots and I'm sure, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is just still thrilled to be married to Sarah Michelle Gellar and goes along with it. God bless her. I think they're a cute couple, though. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. And she does the seventh sister uh, in other voices throughout the series. She's great. Oh, he, and he should be frying the egg, actually, yep. right now. But she, I think she looks even better than when we were kids. She looks spectacular. Oh, my God. So what is he doing? Like, he's just going to be like, fuck it. Can I tell you one thing I like aesthetically about Rebels over Clone Wars? And this does not, as usual, apply to Ahsoka, who's very emotive. In general, the characters in Rebels emote a lot on their face, even when they're not speaking, for what it is. More than maybe you'd think. It's been my experience. Oh, the, the egg, no! Right. We're rooting Aww. for these horrible creatures from Attack of the Clones, because that's what Star Wars does. Oh, it's not about that. It's about extinction. Like there, there already there aren't any geonosians left. Like there's a difference between like dominating a species, enslaving it, and extincting it. You know that actually that's actually straight. Where do you from, think uh, that uh, fragment of the Death Star is, by the way, in the episode nine trailer, which I forgot to ask you? If that's not Endor, then it's got to be a, a near planet to Endor. Where else would it straight, explode to? Super. Um, I don't know. Because I didn't even notice that it was the Death Star until I watched more closely. Oh, quick, quick. Yep. 
I, it's just I, I think that people's complaints about about Saul's character are off base. My complaint is that it ends up being a sob story about a, a almost dead alien race, which is sad, but it doesn't move the rebellion forward. Whereas in the name of the rebellion, again, with him going against Mon Mothma is very interesting. That's what the giant Kyber crystal and Ezra and Sabine are going to be on his side, but then he's going to let the civilians die. And so they change sides, but they still kind of sympathize with him. That's how Jin is, right? Jin hates and loves Saw. And, and I think that's so interesting. I this is so sad, watch though. on the basis of sex people it's great this is so sad you need to watch that asap my, my, my dude oh ruth Bader ginsburg yeah on the basis of sex is awesome it's it's actually it's it. it's great i'll put it on my list all right get out of here stop electrocuting him saw you douchebag I like the colorfulness in Rebels and everything being a little more rounded. Everything's a little severe and like brownish tint, other than, again, other than Ahsoka and Clone Wars for me. The storytelling yeah, in season five, dude, that we're just getting started with is so excellent and amazing. But remember, I was complaining about Savage's design. It's the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally, totally. Yeah. I love, oh, that's a great picture. I mean, Sabine is the anti Clone Wars character, right? With her colorfulness. Here we go. Oh, man. We're going to see well, a lot of Mandalorians and jetpacks in the future, my friend. Wait, aren't these, like uh, aren't these just... Uh, right. Okay. These aren't Mandalorians. No, they're flying troopers, but it's the same thing. Well, they're, they're armor in them, though. They they're actually armor. look a bit cooler uh, to me. Wow. Yeah, they don't stand a chance. I it's do like that Rex likes Saw in the beginning... Sort of is ju- justifying his behavior as it goes on, and then when Saw turns to be a good guy for now, you know, like Rex gets it. He's seen the war. That's the thing, right? None of them have seen-, seen the war. Rex has seen the war, right? And he's like, and he's yeah. walking, and he's walking Saw through. He's like, okay, right. soldier, you know, even though he gets his ass kicked. I always whatever. think of Les Miserables, man. You know, those those schoolboys who become revolutionaries, and you just want like a veteran to be like, kids, you don't know what you're getting into, right? Look at the Mandalorian. Oh, oh yeah, my girl. Woo! <laughs> she goes, yeah. goes, I trouble. love how Ezra in season one is flirting with her and then just goes into like, we're going to fight together and she's awesome mode for the rest of the series. That's great. I love it. No, I think he, he there's a constant crush. And there's not, there's really not. I, I've watched the beginning to end very quickly. After she shuts him down at one point in late season one, he never really brings it up again. He's always fascinated by her and likes her, but he never tries to crush on her openly again. I can't know what's in his mind. I, I just think they're a little interesting. Sabine just won that, life. by the way. My girl yeah, Tia Sirkar. Sabine just of, won that. Yeah, he thinks she's out of his league. That's what I think. But I don't think he's ever stopped crushing on. Sure, That's, fine, whatever. But it, you know, it's not like they dwell on it in terms of the, the narrative. And what's you know, it's right. great that at the very end of Rebels, Ahsoka and Sabine at post Return of the Jedi are going to look for Ezra. You know, it's a beautiful thing. But they don't thing. cut it off. Like, there's no other like connection. Like, if there were, if the, if you needed to make the story, like, I guess I just to relate to it because I'm the type of person who would crush early, get too aggressive, get pushed back, and then be like, okay. If it happens, it happens, but it's still going to be in my brain. So I, I, I relate to what you're saying. And that's how I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. She's also a little older than him, and he's also kind of immature. And she's, like, super mature. 
so as he grows up like we don't really see him like their their last interaction like he totally like like wins her over you know what i mean like as like as like a fucking grown-up not maybe sexually that's not what i mean uh, here as, we go. that's what i mean but he totally looks at her like okay. oh my god so you're a dude Alright. I don't know how much red herring in this is going on here. They were gassed, like the Jews. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Look, Lucas was ahead of his time in episode two Bugs. and episode three about democracy, no question. Bug spray. Yep. Look at those green eyes. Sexy saw. Are you gonna stop electrocuting him? I too, love. Dude? I just. I love him with the big hair and and <laughs> Rogue One. It's so sexy. Um, you came to kill me. The thing oh. is, you have to read into his performance here. Him being Saw, not Forrest. You know, he realized he's not gonna win this battle by torturing this guy. But his goals and methods have not changed overnight. Yeah. No, he's great. I can't he, wait to see him. He yeah. says to them, "Yeah, we should save them." Blah blah blah. It's not, you know, but really, he's thinking this isn't worth it. I've got a bigger battles to fight. Yeah, yeah. No, he's. I wish there's a little bit more of him, but. Yeah. This isn't. There's an actor credited. Yeah, they say it is the Death Star design. It has to be the, the circle in the circle, you know? Load the canisters? Oh, they're empty. Oh, that scared the shit out of me. I was like, canisters? Oh, so they're empty, but yeah. still. According to the great and all-knowing Amazon, the ongoing guy in the episode is click-clack drawing an image of the Death Star, a circle within a circle, yet everyone plausibly interprets it as something else, rings of genosis, an egg, imperial gas canisters, etc., to me, it's clearly the Death Star, and then they just let it go. Everybody's on? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. I've commented, man, that even though each Rebels episode gets... Oh, I'm sorry. Each Rebels season gets more epic, uh, leading to the final season four, it's all really setting up Rogue One, uh, which I don't think anyone saw coming until after the fact. I, I love... She is such a great flyer. Let's not forget... Dude, what's the very first Rebels episode called? The Spark of the Rebellion. Yeah, I love how she's like, you're not going to fucking get me. Get the fuck Han out of here. Han Solo can't fly like this. Sorry, sorry, Han. I love you. <laughs> what's uh, Sabine flying? I don't know. I think she's uh, manning the front turrets, but uh, the frontal guns. They've got turrets on top, bottom, but they have front uh, guns. You're right. you're she's right. shooting you're the right. front guns, yeah. And the co-pilot. Nerd alert. Oh, that was such a great shot of Sabine. Yeah, my girl. <laughs> Sabine just did that. Dude, I she love the B-Wing episode where the B-Wing destroys like three cruisers. It's great. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, dude, this is a repeat of Jin not getting the hologram. They lose yeah. the canisters and they have trouble convincing the council because of it. I, I never realized that connection. Here we go. Yeah. They have images. What's wrong with images? Oh, you know that's not Jimmy Smith, right? That's true. That's it's I Phil Lamar, him. actually, who we've talked about before because he's been in Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, 
Oh, man, I love Jimmy Smith. It doesn't matter. When he shows up in Rogue One for three times, it's amazing. It's so true. God, I love that Forrest Whitaker came in on this. His armor is sick. Well, I think that's his, he's Darth Vader-ish at this point. It's not just armor. That's like Yeah, gonna... but we haven't seen the full Darth Vader thing with the, with the walking stick and everything. I wonder what happens between now and Jedi. It's pretty ugly. No, I think the point, what I'm trying to say is, like, at this point, Saw is a lot, is somewhat robot. Like, he's had robotic implants. By the way, like, the Borgullet comes back in the Dr. Afra comic. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we get more Borgullet in the comics. All right, buddy. Well, Hey, man, that was a lot of fun. That was a, a nice Guerrera. A couple things. Absolutely. I think uh, we had a nice potpourri. Absolutely. We- a lot that was some good work dude i mean look let me just let me just talk briefly about the future of commentary the our commentaries and we can do a couple closing thoughts which is we're definitely doing ahsoka and the younglings and then maul and mandalore and then the final ahsoka arc the question is do we do the saw and andoran arc it's not that i don't like it but it's a little weird especially with our view of him as as forrest whitaker um i I mean it's hard for me to say no to any of these. So, like, you know, it's it's more it's more about. <laughs> to like, be honest, we don't have any of the Clone Wars episodes right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to talk about that too. Yeah. Well. So, guys, uh, I think we told you earlier. Our next uh, little hitch is going to be a little ditty called "Doctor Strange" with my boy Benedict Cumberbatch. So, really psyched for that. Um, so we're going to do the traditional, like, Star Wars, Star Wars, something special. Star Wars, Star Wars, something. It's like having a special guest, you know? Like, mm. we're just going to mix it up and tell you, you know, sometimes we like Swiss cheese, you know? And just blow your fucking mind and uh, sure. do some fun shit like that. But um, but then we're going to get dive back into this and, like, why the fuck not? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue. Like, fuck. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Have you been watching any Avengers stuff in recent weeks? I've I mean, tried I to stay the, away since my prediction. I saw the trailer. I'm trying to stay away from it. And I'm yeah, looking me too. I'm not trying to... Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I read the infamous Reddit post that supposedly spoiled the entire movie. I didn't read the entire thing, but I read a lot of it. And uh, I'm here to say... I think it's bullshit. It doesn't sound like the Russos or Joss Whedon or James Gunn, any of the people they're influenced by, honestly. Um, there are some, it just, it seems kind of amateurish. Uh, I hope I'm right. So it's not spoiling people. Um, but I did read it just for professional sake. And, uh, uh, you know, <sighs> The question is, no, you know, it, will anyone be satisfied no matter what? And so Star Wars is just like, we're going to keep building, we're going to keep building, we're going to keep building, and hopefully you'll like some of this stuff, right? Marvel mm-hmm. is like worth blowing our load with the Avengers, and then Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and Captain Marvel? Like, that's the team? Like, okay, good good luck with that, Marvel. <laughs> and Black, Parth- Black Panther. Yeah, and Black Panther, but I, you know, I, I think people don't realize what, what they're losing, and Star Wars just keeps going and going and going. You know, no one ever really dies or disappears, whatever Luke says in the episode dying trailer, so... You know, um, other than Thor, and uh, you know, in Star Wars, you can always bring people back. It'll be interesting to see what people say. So, okay, buddy. Uh, final thoughts hey, on Sagrera? Yeah. Real quick, just to comment on that, I think that's what I'm trying to say about what what 
what Rebels proved. Mm. Like, Rebels proved that, like, it doesn't have to be a continuation or even mildly connected to the original story. Like, everything up until Rebels was all connected in terms of, like, most of the canon was all connected at some level um, to the original canon. Like, whether they went in a different direction and changed it, they just said, like, we can create a story in the world and people will like it. Mm-hmm. And they weren't wrong. Yep. So I, I think if that was the if that was the oh. dipping dipping yeah. your toe in the water, yeah. they were like, Well, if they're gonna eat this fucking world, yep. then let's just feed it to them in it, all look, these different flavors. Fuck let's it. be clear, let's just- Simmy. Let's be clear. Saw saved the Ursos not once. But, but twice or maybe three times, depending on when you want to count it. He got them Saw away from the Krennic. World. He got them away from Krennic to the planet of wherever the hell they were, Lamu, right? Mm-hmm. And then he saved Jin after Dad was kidnapped and Lyra was murdered. And then he brought together Jin with the father's hologram and sent her on the mission to destroy the Death Star. So you can call him a ruthless terrorist, and that's fine, but no aspect of the rebellion exists or succeeds without Guerrera's movements from beginning to end, is my feeling. There's no doubt that the Force brought him here. So the question is, is is the uh, debate about uh, freedom fighter versus terrorist only, um, what's the word I'm looking for, not appropriate, only doable in historical hindsight? Because we don't know at the time if blowing pe- innocent people up will save the galaxy or, or ruin it kind of thing? Um, I mean, we can only speculate at this mm-hmm. point. Yep. Like, I'm not going to really dive into it. I'm and just to be too- fair, by the way, Diego Luna in the Jetta battle kills rebels to save Jet- uh, Jin. So it's not like Saw is the only one. I mean, that's mm-hmm. there's a lot out there. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on. That was a big question. So, dude, I know we, we thought from the beginning this would be the case, but we have confirmation. Casting in K2, one season, 10 to 12 episodes. I know that you're excited about this too, right? I mean, oh man, yeah. uh, that Cassie—that's a little bit of ways away. So I haven't like let myself get like too like freakishly excited for it. But no, Cassie and K two is going to be awesome. Like the comic book series, I read a little bit of it. It's pretty cool. Um, the uh, I love K two. Like I think he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So there, there's a lot that, that's going on with that. So I, I, I definitely think that's going to be amazing. But that's like really like like a, way, a little bit of ways away. You know what I mean? A little so, bit. A little bit. I think by this time next year we'll have a trailer, which is something. I mean, I think we have a lot to look forward to. There's just so much. I just never thought Star Wars could convince me to go from not liking the prequels and thinking that the prequel format in general was flawed and unsustainable to loving Rogue One, Solo, Clone Wars, and Rebels, all of which are prequels, and now even getting prequels to the prequels with the Cassian series and so far. So I have completely changed my tune. There's nothing wrong with the prequel format in general. In fact, it can be advantageous. It's just that early attempts to do big budget prequels has some ups and downs, and now Disney seems to have a, or I, sorry, not Disney, Lucasfilm seems to have a handle on it. So, uh, final question for yes. you. Go. Uh, Thank every you. time we have our our yes, podcast, sir. I yes, get sir. inspired to watch oh, a God. movie mm. or something of of the genres. Mm. Um, and whether I watch it in its entirety or whether I just start it up again or 
I always think it's kind of telling of like maybe the direction of which our conversations were going. So I, for a thousand dollars, no, I'm kidding. But for all the marbles in, in, in the testicle jar, why do you, what do you think I put on just now? Han Solo. Nope. Rogue One. Nope. Last Jedi? No. Oh, oh I got you stumped. Got it's from stumped. it's because it's so deep from my thought process. Kill Bill. No, episode <laughs> one. Which, by the way, dude, because I, of what you I, were talking about yeah. when you were saying people were disappointed, and I'm like, and in my mind, I was like, what are they disappointed about? They still want it's still episode fucking one. You know, like it's a good fucking episode. No, I'm I'm coming around <laughs> with you. I, I I don't even know what the criteria is at this point. Um, about how to rank things, but most rewatchable of the prequels is clearly The Phantom Menace, and it's not even close. I mean, yeah. you don't totally. have to twist. Let's if you were, let's say you were buddies with me in Philly, and you watch a lot of movies. And you're like, I feel like we're watching The Phantom Menace. You would not need to convince me. The other movies, even though it's technically I have character. Revenge of the Sith ahead, even though technically I have Revenge of the Sith ahead, you would have to twist my arm a bit. Phantom Menace, I'd be like, yeah. Darth Maul, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Natalie Portman. Yeah, let's do it. Go. I can't. I can't argue anymore. I can't. I know if yeah, I can put the Phantom Menace ahead of Episode Three, you know, but it, it's certainly more rewatchable. No question. No question. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, they enter. Oh man. Okay. Like, all oh. right, my dude. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, people, Simi and I will sort off Mike about when Clone Wars, when Rebels, and what, what the logistical situation is. Simi, just so you know, I'm going to keep going with Rebels, and the next episode is the double episode Darksaber Mandalore Sabine stuff. So, I'm probably going to go ahead, I'm probably going to go ahead with it, because you're a busy man, and I can only no. get you on. Wait, let's talk some more. But, so, we'll talk off mic about how maybe we'll do this, but I'm glad to have had you on the Bizzles Daily Rebels, because honestly, well, I love the Clone Wars, and I said, Simi, in our other podcast, how much more clearly can I say I'm more excited about Clone Wars than anything else coming up? I'm very clear about this. Nevertheless, the original series, I'm more of a Rebels guy than a Clone Wars guy. It's just a watching preference thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, man, the legacy um, of lore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, baby. My girl Sabini Bean going home with the Darksaber. Katie Sackoff, Bo-Katan. Woo! Dude, I just explained to someone. They're like, but doesn't Boba Fett have the same? Because they're trying to like, <laughs> they're trying to be like, isn't that like Boba Fett? I'm like, well, oh, so there's the Mandalorian. Yeah. And, Boba, and I'm like, so yes. And then I'm like, yes, that is Mandalorian yes, armor. Sure, no. fine, sure, okay. No, he's a clone. Or I mean, yeah, <laughs> basically, he's the clone. <laughs> and that's my worry about, that's my concern about the Mandalorian, is that I don't think at all John Favreau and Dave Filoni are relying on the Boba Fett imagery to hook people, but it is going to. And so when people realize it's not Boba Fett, I hope there's not feedback about it, but I don't really care. No, I don't really care, but I think that is going to be the common misperception, especially because people also at some level know that there is a fat, like, you know, movie waiting to happen at some level as well. So, um, well, I will say this, I will say this, my friend, I knew plenty of star Wars fans going into the celebration who were not super excited about episode died. But various parts of that trailer combined, almost everyone is super pumped now, which is where I've been, and I'm glad everyone, and I know you have been, I'm glad everyone else is here now. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. We have nothing but greatness. To look and we for. just have to hope that Ray and Kylo don't make out because both of us will have a heart attack and, and be damaged for life psychologically. I'm not happy with that. I'll be <laughs> good. All right, my dude. Well, thank you so much. It was great to have you hey, back man. on. Yeah, this is great. I think we had a, a nice little potpourri of awesomeness. It was this awesome. Was, uh, a little sprinkle of this. It's yeah. like it's like let's roll this joint with some mm-hmm. keef, some hash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Little- mm-hmm. Throw a little organic tobacco in there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I want to do a rebels with you because of this bit of a slower pace. It's not like a, bah, 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 you know, which is great in Clone Wars, but you feel like you don't have a breath. You know, there's so much shit going on. It's so epic all the time, which is awesome. But I like uh, having both experiences. I like. Bizzle, you're my rebel. <laughs> you heard it here first. And rebellions are built on hope. Save the rebellion. Save <laughs> May the force be with you. The Bizzlecast is out. Sayonara. <laughs>